Hello, I'm Grayson Prulty, and welcome to another episode of SAE Tomorrow Today. Before this episode begins, please kindly take a moment to follow and be notified when a new episode is released. Before we launch today's episode, let's talk about relationships. As an SAE Tomorrow Today listener, you've heard about how personal relationships have made an impact on an individual's career. At its core, SAE is all about connecting people and helping those individuals develop relationships. It's never been more essential than it is today. For a limited time, SAE is offering a free trial to its exclusive Member Connection Online platform. And what does this mean to you? It allows you to join real-time discussions on critical advancements, get answers to technical questions, and start to develop and build connections that eventually turn into relationships. Experience the power of connecting through SAE. Click the link in the show notes and sign up today to start your free Member Connection trial. On today's episode, we met with Fernando Souza. Global Head of CyberSource Travel and Transit Solutions at CyberSource, a Visa solution. Contactless payments have seen a global growth of 30% year over year in the last year, and a residual of the pandemic that is expected to stick and only grow. From a mobility standpoint, CyberSource is leading the way in bringing the technology to mass transit, tolls, and micromobility in more than 190 countries. That's more than 190 countries. It's all about the tap and ride as CyberSource drives digital commerce. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Fernando. Thank you, Grayson. Happy to be here. I'm I'm really happy to have you here. Visa is an incredible company, and it's got this little gem called CyberSource inside of there. So I can't wait to to dive into CyberSource. But before we do, Fernando, you grew up in Brazil, and at the age of eleven, you programmed a TK85 computer to play the keyboard sounds when you played the guitar. I Google the TK85. I'm like, wait a second, this looks really difficult. <laughs> How did you do it, and what was the inspiration to do that? Well, Grayson, special memories. I think the the inspiration was my passion for technology since I was a child. So I, I was born in a in a poor family in the countryside of Rio de Janeiro's state in Brazil, and my parents realized this passion and and the skills, and they made some sacrifices to help me to go to an electronic engineering college that later on allowed me to work for international technology companies. And here I am. It's, in, it's incredible. You, there's all these great stories about parents making sacrifices for their children. And it's really special what your parents did for you. Was music play a large part, a large role in your life that you decided to program the TK85 to make the Fernando band? Absolutely. And by that time, it was a one boy band, right? Playing everything. <laughs> And yeah, and um, later on, I played the electric guitar in a rock pop samba band for for many years. And um, more recently, going through this pandemic, I I definitely could realize how connecting to music and playing an instrument made the difference to help me on keeping my mental health and and life balance. There's a great saying and, you know, some people say Clive Davis coined it. Other people said that, you know, another individual coined it. But music is the soundtrack to our lives. And with all the ups and downs, there's in, in, incredible music that plays integral roles in our life. You, you grow up in Brazil and you have this really great, incredible global approach. You're looking at markets through the Brazilian eyes now being based in Miami. How did growing up in Brazil in, impact your view on financial markets because you're you weren't born in America looking at you know this you're 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 born in Brazil looking at a completely different market with with different economic structure. Yeah, well, 
Brazil went through hyperinflation in the 80s and 90s, peaking 80% in a month. Amazing number to imagine. So the country had to develop a very sophisticated and flexible financial systems, actually one of the most sophisticated system in the world. And Brazil was also on the leading edge globally on things like paying installments, uh, hybrid credit and debit card, and instant payments. So I think that growing up in a such complex and vibrant financial environment shaped my view to always looking at things from the innovation perspective. It's healthy because you experienced runaway inflation. Today, inflation in America is running hot. You understood payments um, paid in transactions and in small broken bits, which we now have a firm and various other companies working on that. It seems like you saw the future before it became the future, which is really impressive. So putting this all together, what are your thoughts on the current state of the payments market? I think the payment industry is working very, very hard on how to make payments or the flow of money faster, safer, more reliable and, and flexible. And in this sense, increase the digitalization of money is, is essential. So on the consumer side, consumers are more and more buying online and picking up curbside, right? Small businesses around the world are building out their digital presence and the large enterprise and, and governments are moving to provide a range of digital experience to customers and citizens. And I think in all these things, having a seamless payment experience is, is crucial. So we are seeing the payment industry as a, as a whole investing a lot of its efforts on that. A seamless payment solution is not only crucial, it's key. Without a seamless payment solution, an individual in Brazil can't buy a, an, an, uh, an item on Etsy, can't buy it on Flipkart. Without payments, this whole global economy comes to a standstill. Visa's doing an incredible, I repeat, an incredible job of allowing global commerce and especially small businesses to grow. And during this pandemic, we saw some in incredible trends, and one of them was the trend towards contactless payments. That became, you would turn on the evening news, contactless. You'd open the Wall Street Journal, contactless. We're going to go to <laughs> London, you open the Financial Times, contactless. So hearing this from all these different various sources around the world, I'd love to know, were there any markets that grew contactless payments and adoption faster than others around the world? Well, that's, that's a good point, Grayson. Actually, the growth of contactless payments is a very strong trend globally. And this has been catalyzed by COVID as people are looking to have touchless experiences where possible. So tap to pay instead of touching surfaces and terminals is becoming part of the safe payment experience as face masks and, and hand sanitizers. So on, on the contactless numbers, Visa has just reported 30% year-over-year growth in global contactless payments. Some examples here in, in Europe, less than a year since contactless limits increased across the region, Visa has seen 1 billion additional touch-free transactions. And in the US, we expect to see 
double-digit growth contactless penetration in, in the coming months. I, I have to repeat this number, 30% year-over-year growth in global contactless payments. That's it. That's not slowing down. That's going to keep keep going to the moon. And then you mentioned the United States, and one in 10 face-to-face visa transactions are now made contactless. Me, personally, I, I love the contactless payment. It's easier. I don't have to carry a wallet. I can't wait till I have my driver's license on my phone. So I'm I'm all in. I just I love this. Do you see that trend as we come out of the pandemic continuing to grow as consumers? Say, Wait a second, this is easier. I don't have to carry a wallet with five or six different cards. I can say, okay, this is the card for the grocery store. Boop boop. Do you kind of see that continuing to grow where the consumer habits have changed? Hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, in the U.S., you mentioned the U.S. So the fact that is that contactless payments in the U.S. have increased twofold since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, besides this, this meaningful growth of contactless-enabled cards and terminals in the country, the fact is that the pandemic is driving a world of touchless experience. Right? So one of our recent survey, 50% of consumers noted that contactless payment methods are the most important safety measure to follow. And nearly I would say nearly all small and medium businesses, 94%, expect consumers to still prefer contactless payments once a vaccine is widely available. So contactless was already taking off here in the US prior to COVID, but now is just accelerating. We've interchanged a lot of Visa and CyberSource. I'd love to know, as you're, as you're the global head of CyberSource Travel and Transit Solutions, um, what is CyberSource and, and, and how is the relationship with Visa? Is it a wholly owned subsidiary that lives inside of Visa? And what is the, the main focus inside of CyberSource that you focus on that adds value to Visa as a company, merchants, the public, and also to your shareholders? So CyberSource is part of the Visa family. So uh, CyberSource pioneered online solutions for business to accept credit cards 25 years ago, and Visa acquired CyberSource in 2010 and has integrated the company as a foundational asset of its digital solutions portfolio. So CyberSource, in a nutshell, it's, it's a digital payment management platform that helps merchants and, and sellers to increase their revenues, reduce operational costs, and increase their clients' loyalty. And the way we do that, uh, it's by providing payment acceptance and payment processing in more than 190 countries. So with one single connection to the CyberSource platform, merchants can quickly get online and accept a variety of card brands, not only Visa, digital wallets and non-card based payment methods. And on top of that, we also provide fraud management, digital security, and data and analytics payment services. And as part of Visa, our platform is hosted at Visa's data centers, which given us the highest global standards of security and reliability. What you described is playing a 
critical role in global commerce. And there's there's no no doubt and reason why Visa acquired it. Visa is an extremely smart company. Mr. Mr. Kelly's done a great job leading the company, and CyberSource is only going to enhance the standing of that company. And staying on the CyberSource track, CyberSource was the first payment provider to offer a contactless solution in Japan. Earlier, we spoke about the incredible global growth of contactless payments. When you first launched in Japan, what did the initial usage look like? People are uh, using the legacy systems, the um, proprietary or separate cards from that transit authority, or even paying with, with cash and paper tickets. And since we launched that in Japan in four cities, um, including Kyoto and Osaka, people are now being able to tap and pay their card or their phone to, to ride. And uh, we are seeing the volumes of contactless transactions really growing very fast in, in these uh, projects. Do you expect to see those volumes to continue to grow as the a network matures and contactless becomes more readily available? Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Fernando, you're based in an incredible city, a world-renowned city, which is incredible with my in Miami. Miami's not only home to a great city, Miami's also home to innovation. You know, autonomous vehicles are actively moving individuals around the city in autonomous vehicles. You have companies delivering groceries in autonomous bots. And we talked about these trends of contactless coming together with the growth of mobility. How do you envision those two coming together? Is there a marriage there? Because it seems like both are on this incredible growth trajectory. And by the way, Grayson, you just reminded me that I was a big fan of the Jetsons. So when imagine these autonomous cars and all flying taxis and all of that. <laughs> so yeah, I would say there is a deep transformation happening right now in the urban mobility space regarding how people are paying for the fares on public transportation. And this is the use of contactless bank cards on mass transit, what we call open loop payments, meaning that you can use something you already have in hands to simply tap and pay for your bus, rail, or subway ride. So no need to stand in line to purchase paper tickets or handle cash while boarding, which can be dangerous in some countries, or load a proprietary transit car, or even download an app. You just tap your card and ride. Your card or your phone is your ticket. And, and the industry trend is that transport operators will offer mobility as a service, bringing together all and integrating all types of transportation, mass transportation, car-based parking, toll, um, micromobility as bikes and scooters and make it easier for people their door-to-door -door, door -door journey. And this seamless payment concept is crucial to make it a reality. Kind of with, the, with your very same card or mobile phone, you can simply tap and pay for all these services. You clearly spoke about the advantages, but you brought up an issue that's not talked about a lot is, is the dangers of cash, especially as you go into third world 
in developing countries, it's a big issue. It's we had the invention of M-Pesa to allow those individuals to you know take the bus to and from their work because the cash was a big issue, and you'd have very bad people that would want to take it from them. But companies like yours innovated to offer solutions to allow people to move freely to get where they have to do in in a safe in a safe way. And I want to go back from the developing world to the modern world because in, in in London, transport for London switched to an open loop payment system resulting in a 30% cost savings. I repeat, a 30% cost savings. How is this po- how is this possible? Is this just the way that open loop operates? Is there a, is there a magic sauce there that allows them to save th- th- that big of cost savings? I would say that besides the great cost reduction that transit operators can have when implementing contactless, they have also other benefits that that is amazing for them as increased ridership by making the rider's experience easier, frictionless, more intuitive. In a visa recent study, almost 30% of the respondents said they would use public transportation more frequently and if payments were easier. And also they can provide fair flexibility so enabling fair capping rules allowing riders to get the best fare without planning with the flexibility to pay when and as they needed and also tap into passenger data to optimize route scheduling and capacity planning for instance and yes to your point operational savings it's it's a big one by reducing the costs and operational burden of managing paper tickets, cash, ticketing offices, vending machines or separate cards to to your point. And in London, specifically Transport for London, which is um, a pioneer on the open loop payments, um, today 14 pence in every pound collected is spent on operating their London Oyster card system. By comparison, the open loop using the consumer card can be operated for less than 10 pence, which is the 30% cost saves that you mentioned. So this is huge. It's it's beyond huge. I've used the Oyster card when I'm in London. It's a it's a it's a pain to use because you have to go to the machine and and put in your your pounds and, and get the card and. Your solution says, no, guess what? We're going to eliminate friction. We're going to be, if you want to go see Big Ben or you want to go to Tower London, guess what? Our system's going to make it more cost-effective for the operator and easier for you. And when tourists start going back to London in a post-pandemic world, well, they're going to have a great experience because of what CyberSource is is allowing them to do. So you're optimizing the back end for the provider. You're saving them money. You've got a recipe for success here. Are public transportation operators around the world trying, looking to switch to this and, and contactless payments based on what Transport for London is currently experiencing? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, COVID came as a shock to all and for public transit it's completely disrupted the industry causing significant shortfalls in revenue while having to implement safety and cleaning measures. But even with the mass transit usage going down across the globe, visa contactless transactions for transit fare have grown nearly six times since the global low in April of 2020. That's impressive number. And our data also shows that contactless transaction growth 
it's outpacing the passenger returns, what demonstrates that customers are choosing to pay by contactless to make their journeys touch-free. And we can expect these behaviors to, to stick post-pandemic. Another interesting data is that tapping to pay, it's also good for the overall economic recovery because we are seeing that enabling contactless on transit card bring more than 15% lift in transactions from merchants in the surrounding neighborhoods. So as Visa, we are seeing an acceleration and increased engagement from transit agencies around the world to deploy this technology. We are supporting the launch of more than 460 live contactless projects worldwide and have more than 700 active projects in the pipeline. And on, on the CyberSource side, we have also great examples where CyberSource is helping cities to quickly implement the technology. That is a very robust and, and healthy pipeline. Are you able to share any examples where these uh, contactless payment solutions are being implemented? Yeah. And if you allow me, Grayson, just um, uh, explain what is the CyberSource role on that. Uh, by the way, the technology is very simple to use from the consumer perspective, but there is a lot going on behind the scenes to implement it. So basically, there are four main stakeholders or components of the solution. Number one, the terminals or the validators at the stations that need to be contactless enabled. They connect to the second component, which is the back office system that aggregates the number of taps you make as a rider during the day and calculate the best fare for you. Then this system sends it as a single financial transaction to the third component, which is the called payment gateway. This is the platform that connects the back office of the transit operator to the fourth component, that is the acquire banks that authorizes the transaction on the issuer banks. So this is all, all that has happened behind the scenes uh, on this amazing technology. And CyberSource is the payment gateway that brings all these pieces together and simplifies this complexity of implementation. Um, we make it easier and faster and scalable to the transit operators so that they can handle these millions to billions transactions. This type of implementation can take years, but we, we are making it happen in a matter of months, as we did, for example, in California, to, to your question here. And the, this launch was a few weeks ago. Monterey Salinas Transit announced last month they were the first agency in California to introduce a contactless payment solution to allow local riders or visitors to use contactless credit, debit, prepaid card, or contactless enabled mobile devices to pay their fares on MST buses. And this implementation is part of a statewide program and the solution here can potentially be used to hundreds of transit agencies across the California state. I think this is a, one of great example. That's a, that's, that's a really great example because California is, has a large public transportation system and it only seems to be growing year over year. So 
the big question is, are open loop payment solutions the future for public transportation? It is. It is. It's already going from a nice to have to a must have for the transit operators for all the reasons we've just, we've just mentioned and now catalyzed by COVID. But also it will help cities to be more livable as urbanization accelerates, improving urban mobility by making public transportation more efficient, sustainable, equitable, and integrating. So really helping people to move around faster and easier for work, education, or leisure purposes. I traveled to London multiple times for business purposes in the past, and I used to stand in line in front of the vending machine, trying to figure it out as you <laughs> which paper ticket to buy. And it was always so confusing, sometimes irritating to me. But my last times in, in London before COVID, I simply bypassed the vending machine and went directly to the turnstile, tapped my mobile phone with my Visa card issued by a US bank on, on my digital wallet and enrolled. So no paper tickets, no apps, no nothing. And interestingly enough, I went to visit my parents in Brazil and I decided to tap my phone on the metro in Rio de Janeiro where Visa has also deployed contactless payments. And guess what? The gate it opened. Worked. The gate opened. <laughs> <laughs> and I told it to my parents and they were really amazed. So it's, it's this kind of seamless and universal concept, no matter where you are in the world. You don't even need to speak the language to, to ride. Right? So same experience now available in London, Rio, California, New York and rapidly coming to many cities in the world. And what you described from your personal experience in Brazil and your personal experience in London was a frictionless experience. You're like, oh, this is great, okay, all right. No, no, stress is not going up. I'm like, oh, I'm not trying to figure this out. You're getting to your destination and you're gonna be more relaxed and you're gonna be happier. That's one of the benefits of, of contactless. But then on the other side, you, you know, you, you and I have, we, ha we have these abilities to have contactless and there's certain individuals around the world who, you know, don't have the ability or the resources and they're on, they're on bank. Perhaps they don't have a relationship with a bank or, or a credit union. How can those individuals use contactless payments for mobility services? Hmm. Think prepaid cards is one of the good examples. And I'll give you um, a real example in Vietnam. We have undertaken a project to use open loop and visa prepaid cards to get unbanked people to ride in public transportation. So to date, 5,000 prepaid cards have been given to people near several bus stations in a university town was as a way to get users familiar with the system and provide them an entry point to the financial systems. It's a positive step forward. It really, truly is a, is a positive step forward. And we, we, we've talked about, you know, the prepaid cards. We talked about the contactless. We talked about the tap to pay. We've talked about the, the digital wallet. What technologies are helping to ensure that all of these contactless payment solutions are safe and secure? Yeah, that's a very good point. So I, I would highlight tokenization, which is the central capability for enabling 
these cohesive, cohesive uh, consumer experiences and helping to fight against fraud. And in its core, tokenization replaced your card 16-digit account number with a secure token that protects the underlying card number from fraudsters. So it is the process of sensitive payment data being replaced by a different and unrelated value called a token. So this value cannot be reversed and is useless to hackers. So since the tokens can only be unlocked by Visa, the technology helps to protect businesses from a data breach, for instance, and enables them to better manage security compliance regulations. I'm a big fan of tokenization from a security standpoint. I think it's something that it has to be embraced globally because it, it can help reduce the tremendous amount of, of fraud that we have that, that runs through these networks. Uh, and I would love to know, tokenization is definitely the future for security, but what does the overall future of payments look like? Simply saying, I would say it looks like more and more digital, less cash, and contactless, as we just talked. So uh, another data point on contactless uh, in our Visa Back to Business study uh, show that two-thirds, 65% actually, of consumers globally would prefer to use contactless payments as much as or even more than they are currently using. And I would say that as payment is a crucial part of a buying experience, payments will also look more and more seamless and, and frictionless. And we can definitely say that COVID is accelerating years of change into uh, just a few months. We've covered a lot of ground, Fernando, during this really insightful podcast. You've shared a tremendous amount of I'll say awesome data because you really pulled back. It's a trend, but you gave it real hard numbers, and I thank you for that. As we as we look to wrap up this wonderful conversation, what would you like our listeners to take away with them? I would tell them a revolution is going on on how you'll be paying for public transportation fares. So tap to pay, contactless payments, we will accelerate to a point that our children is going to ask us, really? Did you guys have to stand in, in line to buy a piece of paper to be able to ride? <laughs> I have this conversation with my daughter and so and I like a lot the statement of the Monterey Salinas CEO when we launched this project in California. He said in his social media, this morning I used my very same Visa card to board my Monterey Salinas Transit as I did to purchase my coffee while I was waiting at the bus stop. So simple and, and powerful like that. So if anyone uh, listening us uh, now, if you need any help to better understand or even to implement this technology, feel free to reach out to us. And how can these individuals reach out to you? Is it cybersource.com or is there a different site that they can go to to learn more? Um, both uh, CyberSource or, or Visa and uh, the, any request will, will come to us internally. Definitely reach out to Fernando because what he described from the individual in California is the future. And, and Visa and CyberSource are enabling individuals to travel frictionlessly 
to have a really great seamless experience because as we as we've heard on this podcast contactless payments are the future and today is tomorrow tomorrow is today and fernando thank you so much for coming on the se podcast today to share your incredible insights into contactless payments because there is no doubt that is the future so thank you my pleasure grayson thank you for listening to se tomorrow today be sure to join us next time when i sit down with jim meisner Director Product Management Automotive for Qualcomm Technologies as we dive into 5G and CV2X technology. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next by emailing us at podcast at sae.org. That's podcast at sae.org. And be sure to follow us on LinkedIn to stay connected and to continue the conversation. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.